You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. In the book of Mark, chapter 6, but I want to start off with one verse. Our opening verse, our verse for the entire series is found in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. It says this. One of my favorite verses. This is Jesus speaking. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What I want you to notice is it says, come to me all. Come to me all. And and Jesus is saying like, hey, whatever you're going through, like I want to, I'll trade you. You give me your chaos and I will give you my peace. It's this trade-off. It's this idea of how generous Jesus is with people. And so this morning, week one of our series, Liberal Jesus, I want to talk to you from the subject, Stranger Undanger. Stranger Undanger. I know this is the hundredth time we prayed this morning, but let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for this new stage that you're bringing this church into. God, we thank you that our best days are not behind us, but are ahead of us, God, both as a church and individually. God, right now, with the next moments that we have together, would you speak to us? God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here different, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, so... Do I have any Chipotle lovers out there? Anybody like Chipotle? Hey, Chipotle. I love Chipotle. Here's the thing with Chipotle, though, and I guess this is the deal with any restaurant that you go to where they serve. The, my size of the burrito that I get at Chipotle is dependent on the person that is making my burrito. There is no consistency that I've found, and if you work at Chipotle, I love you. You're welcome here. But there's no consistency that I've found with my burrito sizes because it all depends on the person making my burrito. Case in point, my first time I ever had a Chipotle burrito, I was in Dallas, Texas, where I went to college. And and, uh, my friend was like, hey, let's go to Chipotle. I'm like, I don't know what Chipotle is, but yes, I will go. And so we go to Chipotle. I didn't know this at the time, but my friend knew the burrito maker. So I'm in line. He's ahead of me. The guy asks my buddy, like, what do you want? He says, a burrito. And so he gets the burrito. And the guy that's making the burrito, because they're homies, comprendes, amigos, right? Like, he's like slopping on the beans and slopping on the rice and, and heaps of meat and, and, and heaps of cheese. How many of y'all like sour cream on your burritos? Oh, sour cream. And like this, I'm looking at him making this burrito. I'm like, he is, how is he going to roll this thing? It's huge. And the people at Chipotle, they're amazing because they, they know how to roll it. And the burrito's just massive, man. It's like the size of my head. I'm like, this thing is <laughs> amazing. I don't know if that was because I have a big head, but 
<laughs> you are forgiven. And so, <laughs> and so here's the burrito, right? Like, it's amazing. It's huge. And I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to get my burrito. I get up to the window, and he's like, what would you like? Uh, just, you know, a burrito. He gets his tortilla, right? He puts on half of the amount of beans, half the amount of rice, everything. And I'm, I'm sitting, I'm standing there, I'm like, by the time he's done, it's like the size of a taquito, y'all. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? I left with my friend. I'm like, dude, what, like, what happened? He tells me, he's like, yeah, I know that guy. And he always hooks me up. He's always extra generous with me. And I found myself bitter in that moment, not wanting Chipotle ever again. In fact, I didn't go to Chipotle for a while until I moved to Rona Park and there was one right down the street. So I was like, I'm going to give it another chance. And I go in there thinking, I don't want a taquito, dude, okay? Like, I want a super burrito. And he, he's like, he makes my burrito. I don't know this guy, but he starts putting in a whole bunch of rice, putting in a whole bunch of beans, putting in a whole bunch. And I'm like, ah! like it was amazing. My life was changed forever because I was thinking, man, this guy is so generous and he doesn't even know me. See, really, this is what I want us to talk about today is building the foundation of this idea of liberal Jesus. Now, I want to address the elephant in the room this morning because some of you, when I say the word liberal, you go to a certain place in your mind, okay? But the, the word, the definition of the word liberal that I found in the Webster Dictionary, it is this, marked by generosity. If there was ever a word to define who Jesus is, it's a man who was marked by generosity. In fact, he was marked by generosity specifically when it came to people. I'll take it a step further. He was marked by generosity, not with just the people that he knew, but he, he, he was marked by generosity with the people that he didn't even know. He was marked by generosity when it came to strangers. And this morning, I want us to lay the foundation of who Jesus is and this idea that Jesus is generous with strangers. He's generous with people that he had never even met. And if, and if Jesus' job is to shine and it's our job to reflect, if Jesus is generous with strangers, come on, if you're here this morning and you identify yourself as a Christian or as a Jesus follower, then it's our role and our job to become generous with strangers as well. See, we're building a church for people that we haven't even met yet. And so we're learning to be like Jesus. In fact, all throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, we consistently see a theme with Jesus is that the way that he lived was not necessarily focused on benefiting himself, but on how it affected 
others around him. It's as almost as, as it's as almost as if Jesus understood the spiritual and physical difference of life or of now and eternity. We said that, uh, two weeks ago that life is short, eternity is real, people matter most. It's as if Jesus understood this principle. And so, so we're going to look at, for the story in Mark chapter 6, we're going to look at a very familiar story of Jesus and, and how he was so generous with people. And so Mark chapter 6, we're going to start at verse 31, and we're going to look at ingredients to learning to live beyond ourselves. See, I don't know about you, but I want to learn to live beyond me. I want to learn to live to bless others around me. I want to learn to be a blessing. Three people. Awesome. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Here we go. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves. He's talking to his disciples. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest, to get some rest. Verse 32, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Do you guys ever get to that place where it's like, man, this is my time. This is what's going on. Jesus, he was just, he, he was with the crowds for a long period of time and he realized, man, I just got to get away. And so he grabs his disciples. He's like, hey, let's go to the other side and uh, let's, let's just get some R&R. Let's check into our Airbnb and just relax, right? Like, I don't know about you, but when I want my time, leave me alone, right? My kids, after 8 o'clock, before 8 o'clock at night, I'm a perfect dad. After 8 o'clock at night, if my kids are still up, watch out. Right, like, because I'm like, I dealt with you for like 12 hours already. This is my time, right? Like, your mom and I want to play Twister. Like, chill. Like, get. <laughs> well, y'all don't know about Twister. <laughs> Welcome to Discovery. Uh, and so, so I'm like, go to bed. Like, I don't want, this is my time. It's my time. Don't mess with me. But Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're ready. They're, it's, it's their time. They just ministered. They're going away to get a little refreshment. Verse 33. But many who saw, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So as, as Jesus and his disciples are sailing on the, on the water, people are like, yo, that's Jesus' ship. And they're like following him on shore, right? Verse 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. So three ingredients to you and I learning to live beyond ourselves. The first one is this, compassion, compassion. The text says that Jesus had compassion, not on people that he knew, but he had compassion with complete 
strangers. He had compassion for people that he didn't even know. See, I can only speak for myself, but the compassion that I have has different thresholds. Like the compassion that I had just as a human being, and don't look at me because you're judging me, but the compassion that I have typically has limits. It has guidelines. It has guardrails. i got to know you. Like the more that I know you, the more that I'll have compassion for you. But that's not how Jesus rolled. He got to the shore. He saw people he didn't even know. And the text says that he had compassion for them. He had compassion for them. The compassion that Jesus showed is different than at least my compassion. And here's why. The compassion that Jesus showed superseded convenience. Isn't that the case a lot of the times? Like, I will be compassionate for people depending on how convenient it is for my life. Depending on how convenient my schedule is. Dependent on how, how much I could fit you in will determine the compassion that I show you. But Jesus, he was showing compassion to complete strangers in the most inconvenient time ever. It was Jesus' time. It was his resting time. And yet he was willing to bypass, to surpass the convenience of the moment. Because he saw the people, and the text says that it was like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. He had compassion on these people. Let's keep reading in verse Six, and then I'll tell you the other fill in the blank. Uh, verse 35. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something, buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, You give them something to eat. So the disciples are like, Hey Jesus, you've been preaching all day, you did enough. This was, this was your rest time, so like whatever you give them, like they should just be lucky that you show them that time. How many of you guys have ever thought that before? Listen, I did my part. They should just be blessed and lucky that I did that. That's what the disciples are doing. They're like, hey, Jesus, they should just be blessed that, that you were there. Go send them home. Give them something to eat. And Jesus, he, he almost rebukes them because he says, no, you give them something. They said to him, that would take more than half a year wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? So Jesus' Jesus's, um, compassion surpassed convenience and it surpassed cost. So, so I want you to get this. The disciples when Jesus says, you have them find, you find something for them to eat, what, what's amazing to me is that uh, their excuse, as soon as he said, you find something for them to eat, they, they said, wait, wait a second, Jesus, do you, do you understand what you're saying? See, in this moment, 
the heart of their issue was revealed. Because they said, Jesus, do you know how much this will cost us? You want us to feed these people? Do you understand that this is half a year wages? And we don't even know them, Jesus. You want us to do what? See, what I'm learning more and more as I'm, as I'm growing in my faith is that the difference between God using me and God using you or the difference between God using you and your neighbor comes down to who is willing to say, God, use me no matter the cost. God, use me no matter what it costs me, no matter what the price that I have to pay, use me. And it's typically in those moments when you're like, hey, no matter what the cost is, God, I want to be used by you, is the moment that God begins to open up doors for you to step through and, and opening up doors for you to begin to minister and, and to begin to, to, to love on people. And, 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 and this amazing idea of cost. In fact, what's really cool is this past Halloween or Harvest Fair, whatever you guys, wherever you're at, you know, like, um, we, so the city of Rona Park, they called me up and they were like, hey, um, we want to, they called me up on Wednesday night, hey, we want to, uh, we want to do this, this harvest, or excuse me, this Halloween uh, candy thing at the community center because of the smoke and the power outage, and we know it's only a day out, but would you be willing to help us out? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like the fact that the city's reaching out to us, a church. And so, so I begin, I did like a Facebook post. I was like, hey, I know this is short notice, and, but if you come out and if, if you can serve here, we, we would love for you to come out and serve. And we had over 20 people from Discovery who, though it wasn't convenient, though it cost them a night, they were willing to say, hey, if this is an opportunity for me to love all my city, I'll do it. Because compassion surpasses convenience. And compassion surpasses cost. So the first ingredient, how do we live beyond ourselves? Con uh, compassion. The second one we'll read in, in Mark chapter 39. So Jesus, he sends them out to get food. They come back with two fish and five loaves. This is, this is an awkward moment, I think. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down. This is verse 39. And groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Here's the second ingredient that we need to live a life beyond ourselves. Humility. Humility. Jesus told his disciples, he said, hey, go and find out of the thousands and thousands of people that are here, go and find as much food as you can. I actually think this is kind of bizarre that Jesus is asking this because if Jesus is in fact God, which we believe he is here at Discovery, he actually says that in John chapter 10, he says that I and the Father are one. So Jesus being God in the flesh, God knew, knows everything. So I think that God 
that Jesus, he knew what the disciples would come back with. And yet he asked them to go out there anyways to go find him. And I'm thinking, God, why, like, why would he do this? Why would you do this? And I think the, the, the reason why that I feel like God told me was, was, was this idea that the disciples had to go through a process of laying down their pride. And realizing and understanding, hey, everything that I have is not enough. This is all I can find, Jesus. Two fish and five loaves. See, there's a humility that has to come upon us if we're going to learn to live beyond ourselves. And once they came, could you just imagine that? though? Like they come with the two fish and five loaves. And could you imagine walking up to Jesus? Peter, like, are you going to tell him? Am I going to tell him? John, no, you tell him. I think you should tell him. Like, we're going to have to tell him that all we could find out of the thousands and thousands of people here, we could only find two fish and five loaves. We failed. And yet they had to go to Jesus, and they said, Jesus, here's what I found. Here, here's what I, what I, what I have. And I think this is very important because what God has called you to do, he's placed the tools inside of you, but on your own, you are not enough. On my own, I am not enough. And when we try to run this thing called purpose on our own, we find ourselves tired and we find ourselves beat and so they came and they said Jesus this is all this is all I have that pride that had to be broken there has to be a pride that is broken in fact Jesus he took what they had the scripture says that he blessed it and then he broke it see in the process of us saying Jesus I'm not enough there's both a blessing and a breaking that takes place there's something that Jesus blesses when, we, when we're willing to just humble ourselves and come before him and say, I'm not enough. But there's also a breaking that takes place. Because there's things in my life, there's things in your life that God needs to break off in order for, for him to take us to the next level and the next stage. There are things in our lives that we enjoy that he wants to break off. Because, because he, we're, we're, we're not the, the, the way that, that he, he designed us yet. There's more that he sees inside of us than, than what we see. And so when we come before him, he blesses it, but he breaks. He breaks off those things. And the breaking was necessary in order for him to feed the multitudes. Can I say it this way? The breaking that I need to go through, the pruning that I need to go through, the pruning that you need to go through, is a necessary step in order for the miracle to take place. And so, so here it is that the, to live beyond yourself, it's, it's the compassion, it's humility. Then the continuation of verse 41, it says, that he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the fish among them as well. 
So the miracle of what Jesus did took place in his hands. But what I, what I want you to get is that the disciples, they had to give it to Jesus first. Jesus did his thing. But then he hands it back to the disciples. As if to say he wanted them to be part of the miracle. As if to say that Jesus wanted them to be part of what he was going to do. So number three, to learn to live beyond ourselves is willingness. Willingness. See, the disciples knew, they knew how insignificant the f- amount of food was that they brought to Jesus. But then they were able to see what God was able, what Jesus was able to do through them. See, you, you know, only you know yourself. Only I know myself the, the insignificance or the, the, where I feel like I am not enough or where you feel like you're lacking and you're not enough. Only you know that. But when you give it to God and you watch what he does, you can look back and you're like, man, this, I know what I look like back then. I know what I gave Jesus to work with. I know how I wasn't enough and watch what he's doing. We just gotta be willing to say, Jesus, I wanna be part of the process. Jesus, I wanna be part of what you're doing in my life. And then the closing verse this morning. Mark 6, 42, and then we're closing. It says they all ate and were satisfied. Come on, there's something inside of you that God's placed inside of you that he wants to use to reach the multitudes. There's something that God's placed inside of you that he wants you to partner with him to say, God, I want to use my gifts and I want to reach people. God, I want to reach strangers. I want to reach the people that I don't even know yet. But in order for that to happen, we've got to learn to live beyond ourselves. We've got to have compassion, humility, and willingness. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.